y'all. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Nuga Bell podcast, all about stories of the South straight from the sources. I'm your host, Kate Robertson, and I'm based in the scenic city of Chattanooga, Tennessee. I have a passion for stories, and this is where some of the best ones get told. So join me and my guests as we talk about all things Chattanooga, life in the South, and beyond. Now pour yourself a cup of coffee, a glass of sweet tea, or a nice old-fashioned, and join us. We're so glad you're here. Okay. All right. So on this week's episode of the Nougabelle podcast, I am joined by Christine Lamborn. Uh, you have probably seen her snack bites, uh, Alms and Fair around town. Uh, Christine and I met a few weeks ago and I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, Christine started Alms and Fair how long ago? A little over a year ago. A now. little over a year ago. And your flagship product are the Better Bites. Yes. That are delicious and come in lots and lots of flavors around town. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's start off with a little bit about you and how you landed in Chattanooga. So um, I was born and raised in Annapolis, Maryland, and I went to school and met my fiance, whose hometown is in Chattanooga. So um, that's kind of how I ended up here. It was um, happenstance, honestly. It was never a place on my radar, but now that I'm here, I can't imagine living anywhere else. Right. Um, I just absolutely fell in love with um, the outdoor lifestyle. Everybody's outside all the time, mm-hmm. um, whether it be biking or hiking. Um, it's just very like wholesome living. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine living anywhere else now. Right. It's really beautiful. Yeah. Um, um, not as much crab down here as in Maryland. <laughs> no, we are obsessed with our crabs in Maryland. <laughs> and um, Old Bay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I lived in uh, Philadelphia or outside of Philadelphia for a little while and we got a little bit of the the Old Bay mm-hmm. obsession that kind of migrated north a little I know, bit. It really is an obsession. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's, it's like a rite of passage if you live in Maryland. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, shortly after moving here, I guess immediately after moving mm-hmm. here, I started my business, Alms and Fair. Um, it is a philanthropic health food company that aims to inspire healthy communities by connecting people to real and nutritious food. I love that. Yeah. I love the philanthropic, which we'll talk more about the mm-hmm. philanthropic stuff uh, later, but yeah. that was one thing that I loved. The first time I like picked up a bag and looked at the back, you have like a little line about it. And I was like, that just makes us even better. <laughs> yeah. And that's my whole goal. It was just to combine two of my passions for, mm-hmm. for health and wellness and then also for serving mm-hmm. others. Um, so what's your background to bring the like health and wellness passion out? Um, I think I have, I don't have a degree in it or anything, just a strong interest. Okay. Um, and so my degree is in international business. So there's a little business in yeah. there, but, um, I've just always had, um, an interest in the impact of food on our bodies, um, mm-hmm. how how it makes us feel, the energy it gives us, and um, how it has a true ability to connect us to our communities. Oh, yeah. Um, and then as I, I guess that kind of started in college that, um, I guess when I started cooking my own food, right? Oh yeah. Um, Same. (laughs) and as I started to learn, um, more about healthy eating, I noticed it was very difficult to find unprocessed foods free of preservatives Mm -hmm. and chemicals, especially in the snack and dessert world. And I love my snacks and desserts. Like I live for snacks and desserts and to, to find healthy ones was very, very difficult. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I figured the best place to start was um, providing people with food that was truly nutritious inside and out. Um, and it just makes me so happy when people that don't 
really eat healthy um, find this product and they Mm -hmm. are really happy about it. Like they're like, I didn't know something healthy could taste so good. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's just really, it's really nice to see. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, So tell us a little bit about the inspiration behind the Elms and Fair Better Bites. So as I said, it's very, very difficult to find foods that aren't highly processed, um, that don't contain chemicals or refined sugars or um, oils that are highly inflammatory. So I created this company to basically fill the void in the market. Um, And our initial product, the Better Bite, is a healthy snack food bite made from oats and nuts. Um, Think a granola bar rolled into a ball. Mm -hmm. And they're lightly sweetened with honey, maple, and dates rather than um, the host of refined sugars that are out there. Yes. Um, And all of the flavors are inspired by all of our favorite um, and traditional desserts and snacks. Um, So whether it be like cinnamon buns, salted brownies, cookie dough, strawberry shortcake, Mm -hmm. lemon poppy seed muffins, um, they're all rolled up into a ball. Um, And they truly taste like all of these things without all the unhealthy ingredients. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think the first one I had was the cookie dough. Mm, and That's a fan favorite. I... (laughs) Yeah, I have such a soft spot for cookie dough. I was the like problem child that ate the raw cookie dough, even though everyone <laughs> told you not to. And they it they do they taste just like cookie dough, except I don't worry about getting sick. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, and they're healthy. Yes. <laughs> um, so. We just rolled out our first dessert of many. So it started initially with the Better Bites. Mm -hmm. um, And then I realized I wanted to branch out into desserts. Um, Mm -hmm. And so we started with the cinnamon roll. Um, And so the crust is made from pecans and almonds and flax meal. And then the inside layer is cinnamon, date, and maple. Um, And then this is all rolled up and topped with coconut butter as icing, which makes a really good icing. Mm -hmm. Um, And as you can see, we only use whole ingredients that you can both visualize and pronounce Mm -hmm. um, and know that are healthy for you. Yeah. I love the like whole ingredients that you can pronounce and all that because one of the things that I think a lot of people, including myself, struggle with is like with diet culture and all that kind of stuff. It's like, do this, do this, like cut that, cut that. And they're really like the biggest difference you can make is just eating like whole foods with whole ingredients. And like, you don't even have to worry about like a keto or like low this or low that if you're just eating like what the earth gave you. Absolutely. Like absolutely. keep it as whole as possible. And then, mm-hmm. I mean, there's no reason for anyone to go on like a fad diet or anything. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And so I guess that kind of goes into the macronutrients yes. within the product. Yes. Um, this is a thing I recently got into okay. is macros. So I'm still learning a lot. Okay. I honestly don't, I don't really like count anything or count calories. I honestly just look at the ingredients in my food mm-hmm. um, and and notice the impact on my body. Am yeah. I feeling well? Am I not? If I'm not, switch it up. If I am, keep doing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but when recipe testing, we wanted to include all of the macro, macronutrients your body needs, which are carbs, protein, and fats. Mm-hmm. Um, and in our products, this comes from um, oats, cashews, almonds, pecans, and flax meal. Um, and each macronutrient works together and plays a different role in your body, ultimately providing energy in the form of a calorie, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And these are not something to be afraid of. I think people get stuck on that number so much. Yes. Um, But calories literally are energy for Mm -hmm. your body. Um, And so I always urge people to look at the ingredient list first. This is the most important part of the label, and a lot of people just ignore it. Mm -hmm. Um, They just look at how much fat, how much carbs, how much protein, Um, or just how much calories, but um, just making sure that those ingredients are whole foods 
that you that you know what they are mm-hmm. that you can actually like picture it in your head um it's not some weird chemical name or um mm-hmm. you know some form of sugar um that's the thing I've been doing a lot more is like actually picking up the labels or like reading the labels mm-hmm. and not like also like the nutrition facts but also like the ingredients and I remember as a kid when my parents were doing like Atkins or whatever like diet it was and being like so annoyed when they would like pick up every single label and read it and look at everything and I'd just be like oh my gosh just pick something Mm -hmm. and now it's like 27 year old adult doing my own shopping I'm doing the same thing and I'm like okay well I get it now (laughs) yeah absolutely and it's all about the quality of what we're eating Mm -hmm. because you can be eating the same amount of calories whether it be these better bites or it be something that's that doesn't have quality ingredients you're still going to get the same amount of calories Mm -hmm. but it's not going to be good ingredients right And so that's just like one of the things I urge people because you can really get stuck on it, especially, I mean, it's, it's nobody's fault because we've been taught that since Mm -hmm. we've been growing up and with all the fad diets out there and food is very simple. It really is. Um, anything grown in nature is what you should eat mm-hmm. or, or anything that was placed on the earth you should eat, not something that's made in a factory unless they're better bites <laughs> <laughs> or there's other good products out there, but, yeah. um, but you know, generally speaking. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. So that leads into it. Um, how are these made? All the ingredients are, well, I guess the, the nuts and the oats are thrown into a food processor first, mm-hmm. um, ground up into a powder um, or like a fine meal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just dependent on the flavor, um, we add in whether it be like cacao powder or <laughs> matcha powder or cinnamon, whatever, whatever the flavor is, we throw that in with, um, with all of the other, um, like honey and maple and dates, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And then it creates a dough. Mm-hmm. Um, it has to have the perfect consistency. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then from there we just roll it out. Yeah. Roll them up. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> Um, you mentioned like kind of like a granola bar in a ball earlier, but they're not mm-hmm. crunchy, which no. I like yes. because okay. I hate crunchy granola bars. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> like those really crunchy ones that yeah. go everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I do like that they're a different consistency. I do too. Mm-hmm. And I'm usually not like the biggest fan of like dates or that flavor, mm-hmm. but you really don't taste them. Yeah. I it's, think the reason I did add dates is because um, they hold the texture or like the consistency. Mm-hmm. Super well. Of, yeah. And, and that's make, it makes it more shelf stable because that's, um, it hasn't been an issue, but it's just been something to hurdle over with um, creating a product because a lot of places look for shelf stability mm-hmm. and what you put in products normally in grocery stores is preservatives, mm-hmm. um, in the form of chemicals and, um, all, all these different sorts of things, but I didn't want to have any of that. So I opted for the shorter shelf life. And so you just have to, you know, fulfill their orders more often, but, mm-hmm. um, it's worth it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so what flavors do you have out right now? Um, we have the cookie dough. That's been, that's never going to go away. I feel like I've I've shifted some, but (laughs) that's always going to stay. Um, we have the strawberry shortcake for the summer and then also a toasted coconut. Ooh, yum. Um, and then we have a cinnamon roll, salted brownie, matcha coconut. Ooh. Yeah, matcha's an acquired taste, I feel like. Yeah. Not an acquired, but you either like it or you don't, I think. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I've had a couple of matcha lattes and I don't know if they've just like haven't been mixed well. Or mm. what, but they taste very, very grassy to me. Mm. Yeah, that's just the taste of it. Yeah. <laughs> so you may- just have to put some put some honey in there or yeah. something. <laughs> oh, I'll try that next time. Yeah. I'll yeah. try that next time. Um let's see, what else do we have? Um maple latte. 
that's a favorite in like coffee shops and stuff because you can pair it well with a cup of coffee. Um, yeah, those are the ones right now. And then we switch them out seasonally. Not all of them. We have like our core flavors, but for instance, like toasted coconut and strawberry shortcake will be replaced with a fall flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, last year it was cranberry maple spice Ooh. because I didn't want to cave into the PSL, the, the pumpkin spice, but now I think I'm going to because yeah. it's so good. It and is. And I think everybody would love it. So I think I'll probably make a, a pumpkin spice one. Yum. <laughs> I can imagine that going over very well. Yes. Uh, So one of the things that we touched on a little bit ago that I kind of want to go back to because this is something that, like, I've gotten really passionate about in the last, like, two or three years is, like, the whole fad diets thing. And I've had so many friends who have done, like, you name it, they've done it. And as we were talking about, like, the important thing is just, like, listening to your body and doing what's right for your body. Um, So how do you see all of this playing into that? Um, So before I say anything, I'd like to preface that every single person's dietary needs are different, and it's so important just to be in tune with your body and know what it does react well to, what it doesn't react well to. Um, And so this is all to say that if you are on a restricted diet, whether it be gluten-free, dairy-free, whatever it is, and you feel better from it, then absolutely keep doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you're just doing it because it's a recent trend um, and it seems like it's healthy... um, I really urge you to kind of reevaluate mm-hmm. um, and analyze what your body is craving, first yeah. of all, and then what it really needs. Um, yeah, and that's, so, that's a really good point because I know so many people who do gluten-free because they think it's healthier, and I'm like, no, your body actually needs gluten. Like, unless you have celiac or, like, yeah. a diagnosed condition, you mm-hmm. need gluten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, I agree. And it's so, so easy to see all of this information out there. And some of it is accurate, but a lot of it is just misinformation. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason we included all of the macronutrients within our products is because it's all about balance. And so each macronutrient plays such a crucial role and they all work together in harmony, kind of like a machine. Like your mm-hmm. body is literally a machine. And um it's just all about balance, having just enough and not too little of every nutrient your body needs. So this is carbs, fiber, um, fats, or lipids. Let's call them lipids because fat is a really it's a aggressive word. word. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then protein. Um, and a lot of these fad diets try to completely cut one macronutrient out. And so like, let's talk about keto, for instance, um, or other diets that mm-hmm. frown upon carbs. I, oh man, <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot to say, but like carbs are our main fuel source. Mm-hmm. It is the easiest to break down into energy and our brain and other vital organs need carbs to function effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, you will lose weight in the beginning, but after a couple weeks, a couple months, like it's just not sustainable and it's not good for your body. And in the long run, it will take a toll on your body physically. Mm-hmm. Um, One of the things that I struggled with a lot with the like macro stuff was I've been so conditioned to this low carb thing for so long that when I got my macro breakdown and it was like 107 grams of carbs a day, I'm like, that's a lot of carbs. Mm. I'm not used to this. And it took me a while to get used to like just eating a bowl of rice or, you know, whatever else my carb source was and Mm -hmm. not feeling guilty about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then a lot of people... I think focus on protein quite a bit. Um, and obviously it's a macronutrient where our body needs protein, um, mm-hmm. especially to like repair our body tissue um, and cells and all of that stuff. Um, but I think the focus is placed a little too much on getting 
protein in. And this can result in like having too much based on the individual. And we, we kind of neglect the other macronutrients and just focus on protein, especially for those that like work out hard. And, mm-hmm. and yes, it's important for rebuilding that muscle. Um, but it's just something to be aware of. Um, just making sure you're getting a balanced amount of all of them. Yes. Um, and I think fiber is one of, is a big one that's, it's very undervalued in our culture because our culture constantly pushes protein, protein bars, protein shakes, protein, mm-hmm. this protein, that, um, which is obviously good. It's great, but it's a little bit overkill sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and fiber is so good for us. Um, it regulates us, mm-hmm. um, whereas protein can like block us up. And it's just something that I think we can focus a little bit more on rather than, you know, eliminating carbs or eliminating fats, mm-hmm. um, but just having a balanced. Yeah. It's all about balance. Oh, yes. <laughs> Everything in life is about balance. Yeah. So another thing that I think gets a lot of bad rap, I guess, in our food culture is sugars. And you mentioned that your products are made with no refined sugars and you use like the honey, the maple syrup, and the dates to um, bring that sugar content in, but without using anything like fake or processed or Mm -hmm. anything. Yeah. And that's to say that like not all sugar is bad. Like I feel like sugar has such a bad word Mm -hmm. or a I mean, like, I even remember, like, one of the diets that we did when I was a kid was called Sugar Busters. And, like, it made it out to be, like, sugar is the enemy. Mm -hmm. And it's not always the enemy. Yeah. That's all to say that not all sugar is bad. But when you have too much, even of a good sugar, whether it come from, like, fruit or maple or honey um, or just the wrong type of sugar, it can definitely be bad. But Mm -hmm. a little bit of sugar is not bad at all. I think people try to cut fruit out of their diets and they try to cut... Um, honey and maple. And I think these things have really good mm-hmm. um, macro and micronutrients in them. And so I guess let's define our sugars first. We have refined and unrefined. Mm-hmm. So refined have been chemically produced and extracted from either sugar cane or sugar beets. Um, and this looks just like your basic white sugar, mm-hmm. um, but it can have many different name, names stuck into pretty much, I mean, it's like 90% of the products in grocery stores. Mm-hmm. Um from salad dressings, yogurts, snacks, pretzels, all this kind of stuff. Um, and it's all, it's, it's never going, I mean, most of the time it's never going to say just sugar. Right. Um, it's going to be dextrose, glucose, brown rice syrup, mm-hmm. um, maltodextrin. Um, and then there's, there's tons of names that it can be under and it's, it's hidden honestly. Um, but it's all sugar. Whereas unrefined sugars come in the form of raw honey, maple syrup, dates, fruit, all that kind of stuff. Um, all of which are found in our products, like you said. Um, The difference is in the way we break down the sugars. Um, So refined are broken down rapidly in our system, causing our blood pressure to spike. Mm -hmm. Um, Is that like when you get a sugar high? Yes, Mm -hmm. exactly, exactly. Um, And it doesn't leave you satisfied. Like you're still hungry after. You want more. And that's um, what a lot of companies do out there. They Mm -hmm. they fill it with the sugar so you eat more and more and more. Um, Whereas unrefined sugars break down slowly for a sustained Mm -hmm. um, burn of energy. Um, So you don't get that sugar high, sugar crash. You mm-hmm. get a slow, sustained burn, which is what sugar is supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And I even noticed when I bought a pack of yours, it, the packs come with like five little bites mm-hmm. in a pack, and I ate two at a time, and like it took me like a week to eat the rest <laughs> of them because the energy they gave me were like so sustained. I felt full for a while. That's so good. And like 
not it's all those nutrients of, yeah in there. like not a lot it's of products do that full of goodness yeah <laughs> um and then another thing to hit on that I'm very passionate about is um putting a hundred percent organic ingredients in our products um because I personally believe from seed to stomach every part of the process should be natural without synthetic chemicals and I think that kind of just speaks for itself mm-hmm. um it's just so important it's just very unnatural and you know, yeah yeah Agreed. Um, one of the last couple things that I wanted to touch on, you mentioned earlier that you have a philanthropic uh, angle and aspect to your business, and I love that. So can we talk a little bit more about what philanthropies you support and why you chose those? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so when I was starting um, kind of the ideation of this company, I knew that I wanted to do more than just sell a product. Mm-hmm. I wanted it to have such an impact on people, um, their health, their communities, um, both to the people that I sell it to and to people that I'm giving to. And Mm -hmm. so I wanted to combine my love, um, for health and wellness with, um, my love for giving and serving to others. And I think that passion stemmed from, I just went on like several humanitarian aid trips growing up. It's just kind of like I, I did a bunch of mission trips Mm -hmm. and all this kind of stuff. Um, but it, it taught me a lot. And I think, um, it taught me that one of the basic necessities, um, our world lacks is nutritious food. Um, and a majority of the world is malnourished. Um, and this doesn't mean just malnourishment in a lack of food. It's, um, under and overnourished with the wrong foods. Mm-hmm. Um, so not only are people underfed, but those who have the luxury of being overfed don't feed their bodies well. And this is what kind of showed me what I'm truly passionate about, which is fighting malnutrition in its different forms. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's what I created Alms and Fair to Serve. And so alms, um, many people aren't familiar with the term, but it means charitable giving. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But it also sounds pretty in the name. (laughs) Um, Our giving is the gift of healthy food to those in need through local food banks and farms, and also educating on the importance of nourishing our bodies with real food. Um, so how do you choose which charities you support and uh, which ones do you support, if any, that are local? So I think that change absolutely starts in our own communities. Um, for the longest time, I was looking for this huge impact role. But then I realized that it truly starts with the little tiny things. And mm-hmm. we have to be okay with that. And we have to know that that's enough. Mm-hmm. So when I started it, I knew that I wanted to start locally and eventually spread you know, statewide, nationwide, worldwide, um, with, with the giving. But right now I am just giving in Chattanooga, which Mm -hmm. feels really good because, um, I studied international relations. So I always had, um, just this vision of giving internationally, but I realized that like, there's so much need in our own Mm -hmm. cities so much. And so I just kind of started tapping into this um, with the Chattanooga Food Bank um, and then also Crabtree Farms. Um, They have a lot of educational programs there, especially for little kids, which Mm -hmm. I think is just so cute. I think raising children to know the importance of food and not to be raised how we were in this diet culture. Right. Is to just teach them that that food is so good and and connecting it, Mm -hmm. connecting them to it. Yeah, so just just starting locally and starting small um, and then eventually making big waves. Yes. 
I love that. Yeah. That's so exciting. Um, so perfect segue. Um, one of the things that Christine and I had a very lovely conversation about when we met a few weeks ago was about plants and growing from the earth and healthy lifestyles. And I would love to go back to that because I just started growing plants like I told you I would. And I'm super excited about them. And now I feel like I can geek out about plants. <laughs> <laughs> they are really exciting. I feel like I've just recently learned about plants and I think I like I lived in apartments previously Mm -hmm. um, up until about like half a year ago and um, I could only do the balcony and I just truly believe that every single person even if you just have a windowsill Mm -hmm. can grow something and I've I've just slowly started to learn that the best way to appreciate and connect with our food is to grow it ourselves yes um and so whether it be herbs on the windowsill or a full-fledged garden I think it's such an amazing thing, but if it, if it isn't your calling, you know, to grow food, you can get involved in different ways. You can get fresh food from farmers markets, Mm -hmm. um, local farms with the CSA programs, which is community supported agriculture. And these are just fun ways to get involved in your local food system, um, to know who's growing your food, first of all, and also what ways they're growing it. So are they using organic practices, non-GMO practices, um, which a majority of them do. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's just just really cool to see it. And it's something that I never thought about growing up. I mean, you get your food from the grocery store, you take it home, and you cook it, and that's it. That's the end of the story. But it's just so cool seeing it from seed to your plate. Yeah. And obviously it's difficult to get all of your foods locally, um, but you can always start by incorporating some local foods into your diet. And for some of them, you absolutely won't go back to what you're used to buying in the store um, because the flavor is so much richer because they're grown in a smaller space rather than a commercial farm. So Mm -hmm. it's just more nutrient dense. Um, Everyone tells me that I will like tomatoes so much more (laughs) if I get them like fresh from a farmer's market or something rather than just like picking up a handful at the grocery store. And I'm like, oh, maybe am I willing to test this theory? I should have brought some because they are so good. My fiance hated tomatoes and I started growing them and they are delicious. They taste like candy, honestly. They're so rich in flavor and they're so sweet. I I kind of want to try growing my own. Yeah. And give should. it a shot and see if I'll like them a little bit better, but maybe I'll start with the farmer's market and go from there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it can't hurt. Yeah. Um. But yeah, growing your own plants is so fun. And mm-hmm. I've dabbled in house plants a little bit. And one thing that I've never believed is that when people say I don't have a green thumb, because I think, <laughs> I don't think it's inherited or, you know, it's genetics or something. I think every single person has the ability to grow something. And maybe you don't think that, but <laughs> I'm sure people that don't, that don't think they have green thumbs, they're like, I can never grow anything, but. I struggled so hard. I used to buy like the $1 seed packets at Target mm-hmm. and like the dollar bins and I killed all of them. So I was like, <laughs> When I was spending all this money on these herbs that I've got out here, I was like, you know what? I couldn't even keep one of those dollar plants alive. These are all going to die. And they haven't <laughs> died yet. That's so good. They're getting plenty of light, I see. <laughs> yeah, I've got one of those out there. My big green pot has chamomile and lemon balm seeds. Ooh. And they sprouted within a couple of days. And they got like, about, I don't know, like an inch or so tall. And they haven't done anything since. And I'm starting to get a little oh, no. concerned. But the only reason I bought seeds was because the nursery I went to didn't have like pre-grown mm-hmm. lemon balm or chamomile. So I was like, all right, well, I'll just have to do it from seeds and see what happens. And there's still hope. 
Yeah. Yeah, there is. There is. You just have to, you know, talk to them a little bit. Some people do that. I don't know. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but like planting stuff has just taught me so much. It's taught me patience first and foremost because I need a lesson in that. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) But it's just, I I think it's it's so cool um, to like pay attention to something. It's almost like having a pet or something. Mm -hmm. Like you, you have to like adjust its needs and like the lighting and the water and the and like the soil it's grown in and you just have to like constantly keep learning mm-hmm. and as a perfectionist i wanted to know every single thing about every single plant before i started this little mini garden that i have and i just like hit this wall that i was like it's going to be a lifetime before i know mm-hmm. even half of like what i could know um and so it's just really really cool just seeing what I'm going to do next year with my garden or what mm-hmm. I'm going to do in the fall with it. And, um, it's just a little four by four garden, but I'm so proud of it. <laughs> I cannot wait for the day that I have a house with a yard where I can plant an actual garden and not just have a collection of pots on a porch. But pot like container gardening is actually really cool because you can pick up the plant and move it wherever yes, you want. That's true. Um, and you can adjust it like you can move it to where the good light is. And it's actually really effective. I think. I've never done it personally, but, <laughs> but I think it works. I'll get there. I'll get there. My rosemary needs some love too, but I'll get to that later. <laughs> One thing we skipped over earlier, uh, where are your Better Bites and cinnamon rolls available around town? Um, so they are in various coffee shops, markets, grocery stores, yoga studios, stuff like that. Um, but in town, you can find them at Pruitt's Market, Nutrition World, Need Loves, Bread and Butter. Yes. The local juice, um, which just opened a new location, by the way. Ooh, where at? Um, over in um, off of Gum Barrel Road. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. Yeah. Um, Goodman Coffee, Pete's Coffee, um, Wildflower Tea Shop. Yes, I love Together Wildflower. Cafe, um, the Society of Work for those entrepreneurs that do a co-working space. Okay. Um, it's a place in the Edney Building, mm-hmm. and um, Peace Strength Yoga. Pilates Tonic, and then Nuts and Berries Healthy Market in Atlanta. Very nice. Yeah, so quite a a host of places, but um, we are slowly expanding to um, Atlanta and Nashville, um, and those will be the two two next cities. Nice. And then we'll spread from there. Yay! But um, but yeah. I think I got mine at Need Loves. Yeah. I love Need Loves. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) It's Um, an addiction. (laughs) Yes. You were talking about um, going there for lunch, and I've only ever been there for, like, coffee and breakfast, so I'll have to try there for lunch sometime. Oh, you definitely do. Yes. Yeah. Last question before we move on to the jar. Um, You've been a business owner in Chattanooga for a little over a year. Can you talk a little bit about what your experience has been like? It's been nothing short of amazing. Um... I had no idea that Chattanooga, when I moved here, was such an entrepreneurial-oriented city. A lot of cities aren't. Like, Mm -hmm. they're not as welcoming. Um, But the community here just openly welcomes new ideas, any idea. And there are so many resources to utilize. Um, To name a few, or the two that I've used, are the Company Lab, or the CoLab, and Causeway. And so the Company Lab is for for for-profits to go and get help on basically anything, if you need guidance, if you need um, a contact. Um, And Causeway is for the same thing, but for nonprofits and cause-based for-profits. And so um, I actually went through um, a nine-week program at Causeway um, when I first started to develop what 
what my mission would be, what the finances were going to be, what, how the marketing was going to go, like all that kind of stuff. And a majority of these resources are completely free. Um, even if you just need someone to meet with, to throw ideas around, um, which I just think is incredible because they could easily charge for this stuff, but it's, they're just so, um, invested in their community Mm -hmm. and, and what we'll reap from that. And then other businesses are also um, very willing to collaborate and there's always countless events that you can attend um, or like be a vendor at that Mm -hmm. um, to grow your business. So it's been very great moving here, Um, even though I didn't even know that it was it was such an entrepreneurial city before Mm -hmm. I moved here. It's it's kind of a coincidence. Yeah, Um, I was kind of I mean, I moved here for my job, but um... Yeah, that's the thing that I've learned a lot being in the, like, startup small biz community. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone brings something to the table. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Love it. All right. We're going to play with the jar now. Excited. Um, if you are a faithful Nougabelle podcast listener, you know all about the jar. But for new listeners, this is my mason jar filled with colorful pieces of paper and all sorts of fun things for us to talk about. So we'll each draw a couple and then we can talk about each other's. Okay. All right. My, uh, yeah. Okay. Ooh, one country I would love to visit. I would love to visit Italy. Ooh, yes. That is on my bucket list. I would just love to go all around Italy. Mm-hmm. It's just so beautiful. Everyone I know who has been has loved it. Yeah. I would just love to, like, sit on top of a... Like those cliffs that they have with like a cup, like a, a cappuccino mm-hmm. with like an old Italian grandmother, like showing me all the cool spaces. <laughs> yes. Like I can just picture that. I don't know if that would come to fruition, but you know, um, <laughs> it's a dream. <laughs> yes. I, there are certain cities in Italy I would like to go to. I would do like Venice, mm-hmm. Naples. Um, I just want pizza, pasta, and wine. <laughs> yes. All of it. Um, all of it. my dream Europe trip is Southern Germany, Austria, and Switzerland. Hmm. Um, The Sound of Music is my favorite movie in the entire world, and I want to go to Salzburg and just go to all the Sound of Music places and, like, (laughs) sing the songs and, like, recreate all the scenes and make every native just look at me like, oh, stupid American. But that's (laughs) That's amazing. That's my pipe dream. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Um, My favorite breakfast spot in Chattanooga is? Ooh. um, I rotate. Let's see. I like Mean Mug a lot. Mm. Um, I've been going to Kenny's on Market Street Mm -hmm. recently. Um, I eat at Mad Priest a lot. Well, I don't really eat there. I just get tea there before work. Um, Milk and Honey, Mm -hmm. Camp House. I love breakfast. Mm -hmm. Me too. It's my favorite meal. For Mm -hmm. our wedding, we're having breakfast for dinner. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, I know. I'm really pumped about it. That is awesome. (laughs) Um, Okay, my favorite breakfast spot is Need Loves, hands down. There are other great places out there, but Need Loves is a weekly tradition that I will always uphold. Yes. (laughs) It's so good. Their croissants are just perfection. Incredible. Yeah. I, like, I went to... Paris and um, Portugal and Spain two summers ago. And um, I think like a couple months after I went to Need Loves. And so my my whole goal there was to find the best chocolate croissant. Yes. um, Like in Europe. And um, (laughs) I I ate so many. (laughs) Um, But as I'm talking about health food, right? I think it's it's all about balance, right? It's all about balance. Um, (laughs) Treat yourself. You're in Europe. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, But I think Need Loves like has them beat. Oh, Honestly, yeah. like it's so good. Oh man, chocolate yeah. croissants. Yes. Um, talk to me about Portugal. 
I know a couple of people who have been there and it's never been a country that's like been on my radar, but every time someone talks about it, I'm like, I want to go there now. Okay, we should, I should just say it's bad to keep it a secret because it is a hidden gem. Like, it's incredible. It's like not on anybody's radar. It wasn't on my radar. Mm-hmm. And I I think the only reason I went it, went there because a flight, like my flight home was out of there, but mm-hmm. it, it was better than any country that I've ever been to. Good to know. Um, the culture is just so like rich and vibrant and there's colors everywhere and you have the mountains and the sea and... People are just really open and welcome to Americans, which is something you don't find a lot in other countries. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it's either, you know, one way or the other. Yeah. Um, but these people are just incredible. Well, the reason I think a huge part of why my trip was so good there was because we, um, my friend and I went and we um, ran into this tuk-tuk driver. So a tuk-tuk is a three-wheeled little cart, basically. And the driver sits in the front and then there's room for two people in the back. Okay. And it's like so rickety and, um, but it was just so fun. So we ran into him and he took us on a two hour long tour of the countryside of Portugal. That's Like, awesome. we started in this very touristy spot with, like, all these castles, which was beautiful, but he was like, I'm going to take you to the good spots. Mm-hmm. Like, all of, like, the little villages, all that kind of stuff. So we went up this mountain, and then we went down it and got on the beach. Um, and it was just gorgeous. And so that just made the whole experience. But I think, um, anyways, Portugal is great. <laughs> <laughs> to make a long story short, um, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. You should definitely go. Awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'll have to look into that. Um, what city were you in? Lisbon? Lisbon, yeah. Okay. And then just south of that, I honestly forget what it was called, but it was it was generally in that area. Okay. Like in Lisbon and the surrounding areas, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right, let's do a couple more. What okay. colors have we I got? I like these. These are fun. All right, let's go for a blue one. Okay, I've answered this in the last couple episodes, but I'll answer it again. Uh, what's on your summer bucket list? I think this summer has been um, very relaxing. I didn't plan a lot of trips um, just because I had a bunch in the spring and summer. And so it's just been a very like restorative summer that I can like really get to know Chattanooga better. Um, because sometimes like even though you live in a city, like you you neglect like to, to see everything mm-hmm. that it offers. And so um, my fiance and I have been going on a lot of hikes all yes. around. Um and going to, like, waterfalls and stuff like that. There's so many beautiful ones around. Um, Especially because it's been so hot lately. Yes. I know. I, I wouldn't, like, I was like, I need to go to a waterfall hike, not mm-hmm. just a hike. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, we've just been doing that. And I think my bucket list item is to just keep, like, doing that and just mm-hmm. find the best hike. Yeah. And, and keep going on it. <laughs> yeah. My boyfriend and I have been doing the same thing. Um, we take his dog out mm-hmm. a lot with us and we've been going to like blue hole a lot to let his dog swim yes. okay we just went there it oh was it's beautiful. so much fun mm-hmm. um I have not been I've lived here for four years and I haven't been to Lula Lake yet oh you need to go um so <laughs> we're talking about crossing that one off the list this weekend or going up to like Signal Point and Edwards Point mm-hmm. up at Signal since we're so close to it on this side of town yeah um yeah. but yeah agreed uh Lula Lake mm-hmm. is my summer bucket list to finally cross that off and to finally go to the sunflower fields up in Udawa. Oh, I need to go there. <laughs> I, I tell myself every year that sunflowers. I'm going to go and I'm going to take all the pretty pictures yeah. and do that whole thing. And I never get around to it. And I finally told a couple friends of mine, we're going next weekend. 
That's so fun. So I need to go there too. Yes. I love sunflowers. It's <laughs> They're my favorite. Um, Smith Perry Farm or Smith okay. Perry Bear, whatever it's called. It's up mm-hmm. in Ottawa. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. That, that'll, that'll be on my bucket list. Yes. I was like, <laughs> my bucket list wasn't really that exciting now that I'm thinking about it, but I'm good. Uh, sunflowers. They're on the bucket list. Yes. Sunflowers. <laughs> All right. Uh, go for another one. Okay. Um, my favorite childhood band was or is ooh i had a lot of favorites um so i grew up listening to a lot of the stuff that my mom grew up listening to so she in her car she had the monkeys greatest hits um a couple of jimmy buffett cds uh garth brooks double live and the forrest gump soundtrack <laughs> so I, by the time I was about 10 years old, I knew the Forrest Gump soundtrack, like the back of my hand, which is like the weirdest thing to say, because I didn't actually see the movie until I was in high school. But I'd say the monkeys were one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. And then of course, like NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys and all that kind of stuff. Classics. Yes. (laughs) Our our generation's classics. (laughs) Um, I think mine was definitely the Jonas Brothers. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I had it in my head that I was going to marry one of them. (laughs) I mean, it was, like, so, so distinct in my head. Like, Mm -hmm. it was going to happen. And they've made a comeback. (laughs) They have, yeah, yeah. And they're so good. (laughs) Yeah, I, um... I went to one of their concerts once when I was very little and, like, cried half the time because I was oh, just so excited. Yeah. So I think they were my favorite for sure. Very nice. But um, their older stuff is – I don't like them now. Well, I guess my music taste has, oh, like, yeah. you know, evolved a little bit. But, <laughs> like, um, yeah. Yeah. Let's do one more each. Okay. Let's get this green one. Okay. Related. One song or band I love to hate. Okay, so this is just a genre. Yeah. Um, 2000s hip-hop. Yes. 1,000%. <laughs> and, I mean, that can be, like, you know, Usher, Neo. Mm-hmm. Like, who else? Yeah. I discovered Spotify has a series of playlists that are, like, summer hits of whatever decade. Ooh. And I found the summer hits of the 2000s, and it's phenomenal. It is, like, everything I loved and hated when I was in middle school. I need to listen to that, yeah. Highly yeah. recommend. Okay. <laughs> Highly recommend. Yeah, that's definitely my guilty pleasure. Um, Mine lately has been 80s music, mm. specifically uh, Summer of 69 by Brian Adams. Oh, that's a good one. It got stuck in my head, and I've been sitting at my desk at work singing it for the past two weeks, and I can't get it out of my head. <laughs> it's so good. All right, round us out. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I just, okay. Um, what is so Chattanooga? Oh, man. This one's come up several times before. And I just joke about, like, buying Chacos. Oh, I was, you took mine. <laughs> <laughs> Chacos. I just caved and bought a pair. And... They're honestly the best. Oh, they're so nice. And now I'm realizing how many people wear them. Like, I wasn't looking at it before, but now I'm like, 90% of the people that live here wear tacos 100% of the time. And drive Subaru Outbacks. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, I would say walk, I was going to say walking, the walking bridge or walking on a trail with your tacos. Mm -hmm. With a dog. Yes. This has been, this is like far and away the most dog friendly city I've ever lived in. With some clumpies in hand. Yes. Oh my goodness. (laughs) 
Oh my goodness. I think that would be the most Chattanooga-esque. They just released a peach cobbler ice cream and I need it like right now. <laughs> that sounds delicious. Oh, that sounds really good. Yes. All right. We are going to wrap up there. Um, where can people follow you and Alms and Fair on the internet to learn more and stay up to date? Um, I am on Instagram and Facebook at Alms and Fair. It's A-L-M-S um, and spelled all the way out and then Fair, F-A-R-E, um, at Alms and Fair. Awesome. <laughs> I will plug all that in the show notes when the episode yeah. goes live. Uh, Christine, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you. This has been another wonderful episode of the Nougabelle podcast. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, I would love if you shared, hit me up on Instagram at the Nougabelle or Facebook if that's your thing, um, or leave a review on whatever platform you're listening to. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in and I'll catch you on the next one.